Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension. Just to name a few, go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Just watched a little, not a little, uh, an absolute butt-kicking. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Firebaugh, California, the Central Valley. But he didn't go to Fresno State. He went to Wyoming. He actually went to junior college first. Uh, Football's back in our life. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I love the fall. It just doesn't get any better. We'll dive into that game right off the bat. I recorded a lot earlier today on uh, just the storylines of the year. Uh, basically kind of went game by game and just some thoughts. Uh, I have my guy Stucky from the Action Network who's going to come on every Friday and talk gambling. Basically what we'll do is we'll pick three games and maybe another game if something happens. Uh, something I'm vibing, something I'm feeling. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll be the plan for Friday. And then I think typically... We will still put out a mailbag on Sunday morning. So if you live on the East Coast, you'll get it well before the games. If you live on the West Coast, if you're driving around, I'll have a little content for you on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's probably the plan moving forward. So we'll have a podcast on Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings, Friday mornings, and then Sunday mornings. So a lot of content, no big deal. Just a worker here. Now, podcasting isn't exactly, you know, 
carrying sheetrock on your back. So I'm not asking you to cry for me. Uh, but football's back, and I know everyone's excited, and I know I am. So let's dive into the podcast. But first, if you listen through Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out Podcast. Subscribe to 3 and Out Podcast. As well, Middlecoff Mailbag is just my Instagram, at John Middlecoff. Slide up into those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. If I've missed any of you, I apologize. It's not the most organized operation. It's just DMs, and I get a lot of them from dudes talking about football. Uh, but, I, but I do appreciate everyone that interacts, and I try, if I don't answer you on the podcast, to answer you manually, like interact with you, like DM or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so let's let's dive into the game. Well, where do we even start? I don't even think it's that complicated. I, I was thinking watching the game. You know, football is a very complicated sport, right? I, I worked in the NFL and in college football and remember being confused constantly about blocking schemes and zone coverage, even coaches get confused. Like, coaches are constantly learning from other coaches. And there are certain things that aren't that complicated, right? You drive by Chick-fil-A, the line... I know people that have never been to Chick-fil-A, but you can't meet a human being that is driven by it and go, God, that place is popular, right? You drive... You live in a neighborhood right now. Would you say there are Amazon boxes on basically everyone's doorstep seven days a week? Like... Amazon is very popular. People use it. And it just opened your eyes. If you drive by Chick-fil-A, it's like, God, that must be a good chicken sandwich. If you watch Josh Allen play, like, is he the best quarterback? I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back MVP, is one of the greatest players of all time. right? Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl MVP. Just a remarkable player. Tom Brady is literally the greatest quarterback of all time. Still kicking ass and taking names. So I don't know if he's the best player, but you don't need to be Bill Walsh. You can be my mother. You could be some random dude sitting in Iowa, in Florida. We're an international show. You could be in, uh, you know, overseas. RIP the queen. He's the most talented quarterback in the league. Physically, there is nothing like him. He moves around and runs like Cam Newton. And remember, Cam Newton, for a period of time, was one of the best players in the league. He had moments he won an MVP. I went to the Super Bowl in which he carried the Carolina Panthers, too. He never threw it like that, though. I'm 37 years old. I was born in 1984. So Elway and that draft happened basically right around the time I was zero years old when Elway and Marino came in. Now, I would say the difference between Elway and Marino, just listening to sports fans, watching YouTubes. I mean, I've met both of them, but I met them at old ages. I I never watched them in their prime. I always say as a sports fan, like, you can truly argue, if you you love it, the people you watched. Like, I'm very comfortable arguing about Barry Bonds or even Michael Jordan, who I watched younger, but definitely my era of guys, right? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Steph Curry, you name people, Tiger Woods, like you have a very good feel for it. John Elway, I don't have a great feel for beside YouTubes, but everyone always talked about him like he was the great combination of talent, ability, and just the whole package, right? That's what that looks like. This guy is six foot five, can run, and now he's accurate. The knock on him, he was not accurate. Now he's eyes closed, bang, bang, boom. But unlike Matt Stafford, he's not throwing no-look passes. He's hitting dudes in the hand. Now, he did throw one bad pick tonight, but the other pick obviously bounced off the guy's belly. Like, that's a superstar. 
as the game was going on, I was thinking like, do you know what's crazy about Josh Allen? Is his uh, playoff numbers, he's thrown 14 touchdowns and one interception. And last year in the two games, and obviously when they lost to Kansas City, it was not his fault. He threw nine touchdowns in two games. And let's face it, he worked Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, and went toe-to-toe and honestly outplayed or was right there or you know, slightly better than Mahomes and Andy on the road. So he's going up against the best and the brightest. This is no longer a projection. You remember when Mahomes kind of crossed that threshold where it's just like, this is who Patrick Mahomes is. He's a star, block, uh, blockbuster every year. He's going to be an all-pro level player. We're like Justin Herbert, like we still believe that. He should go that way, but he's still on a trajectory. Like that's who Josh Allen is. An absolute ass kicker. Like that's what a Hall of Famer looks like. Now he's got a long way to go. But if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan today, if I'm an NFL fan today, that's what I want to watch. And remember a couple years ago, Mahomes became that. Blockbuster. I used to compare Mahomes to Steph Curry. And then I think a lot of people stole my comparison. But it was pretty clear. Like, he didn't play like anyone else. That guy ain't playing like anyone else. And different from Patrick, who Patrick to me is like the modern day Favre. It's just fun to watch. This guy has a physical element. And think about this. No one wanted him out of high school. No one wanted him out of junior college. And coming out to the pros, I'm guilty of this as well. I thought, this is insane. He, he couldn't hit water if he was sitting in a boat in the middle of the ocean. He was so inaccurate, and the Browns passed on him, the Jets passed on him, and I give the Bills credit because I don't think there were that many teams that were thinking that this guy, obviously that, but just become a good player. A lot of people in the league think you can't teach accuracy. Well, he might be an outlier. He might not be. We'll see. There are a lot. Trey Lance is going to be a good example. There are other players that come into the league that in a, that accuracy is an issue. Now, can it improve? But I would say right now, like, that's pretty crazy. And the Bills, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott deserve a lot of credit. But this is also why you draft character. You draft guys that love football. And you draft guys that have a chip on their shoulder. They get a guy who you don't improve that much if you don't truly care deep down in your soul. Deep down, like, in everything that means anything to you, football means a ton. And you work constantly to become that good. Because what I just witnessed, I've been watching, I'm 37 years old, I've been watching football that I can remember for 27 plus years. That That's stupid. Now, the league, Elway, Montana, when the, is obviously different. It's easier on the quarterbacks in the sense of not as physical, you're not getting hit. Your wide receivers don't have to worry about getting decapitated going over the middle. So it's not, you can't compare eras. But in terms of talent, like if you ever met Elway, he is a big SOB. And back in the day, he was an elite athlete. And I I don't know if he was doing that, but what I'm seeing that guy doing, it's like, holy moly, running like Cam, throwing like Brady. I mean, geez, the Bills are a rocket ship as long as that guy is on the field. And the other kind of shining star tonight had to be Vaughn Miller. And just it, it, just Von Miller on one one you know side do it is just an all time great player. He had a sack tonight that the uh, left tackle didn't touch him. The I think it was the blocking back or the tight end that was there to help did not touch him, and he sacked Matt Stafford. It is stupid how good he is. I once worked with a guy who then became a general manager that might have had a second round grade on him. No names, no names. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but. He was a can't-miss player at a Texas A&M, 
and he is coming to the NFL, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. Like We've seen Von Miller do this. We saw when he resurrected his season last year when he got traded. To me, the key for this signing to work, because I did believe that the amount of money the Bills gave him was pretty crazy. A guy over the 30-year-old hump who's had major injuries and to give him $50-plus million guaranteed, I thought was pretty bold. I thought that was a pretty big swing. And I've heard Brandon Bean talk about it. They thought they were a piece away. And they are one of the rare teams that didn't win the Super Bowl last year that can truly say we're a player or two way. Now, if he plays like that 80% of the time, you know, the Bills are, they already were a Super Bowl contender. They're probably the favorite. I mean, if they're, if they're going to have that Von Miller, but let's, let's face it, when you're 32, 33, like that's not going to happen every game. And he's probably built more indoors. Like the Bills actually are the perfect indoor team, but they play outdoors in the element. The colder it gets, your older body. They just have to get that level of play in December, January, and early February. If they can get that level of Von Miller, like they don't need that every week, obviously. But if they can get that when it really matters, hell, maybe even December, they might have the division set in stone. Get that guy in the playoffs. You know, I think the Bills, to me, the Bills, you know, probably in the Chiefs would be the two favorites to win it until someone knocks off the Chiefs. The other thing I was thinking back to Josh Allen. The Bills' greatest advantage right now, I mean, truly their greatest advantage, because ultimately you play six of your 17 games are your divisional games. And for, you know, 20 years, Tom Brady, we were always saying, like, you know, he gets to play the AFC East. Look at the quarterbacks. Miami always has a new quarterback. The Jets never have a quarterback. And until Josh Allen, the Bills definitely never had a quarterback. A couple years with Fitzpatrick, but for the most part, no quarterback. And Brady and Belichick beat the livid shit out of them. It felt like... I don't know the percentage, but I would guess, if, if I just had to ballpark guess, 19 plus years, divisional games, the Brady played 80% winning percentage, it had to be really high. Well, think about this. And I know quarterbacks don't necessarily play each other, but they kind of do. Like, the quarterback you have versus the quarterback I have is, like, that's a, like usually the better quarterback. Like, I feel I have an advantage. They don't just have the better quarterback in the, adva- in, in the division. It's a Grand Canyon wide gap. I mean, they got Josh Allen, who's clearly, I mean, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen, but currently in 2022, he's one of the best players in the league against Mac Jones, a very average talent, Tua, who I'm not sure is any good, and Zach Wilson, who is injured and honestly was trending, you know, it's not trending in a great, you know, direction. So the Bills, like, as long as that guy stays healthy, they're winning the East every year. Like, that's set in stone. Now, on the flip side, defending champs, first and foremost, that that building, is remarkable. Got to go into it last year. It is, if you ever get a chance, if you're in Los Angeles, listen, people talk some crap about California, including myself, and I'm a 35-year resident of it. I've always been a homer for Northern California. Southern California is better. They they got the ocean. uh, They got the better weather. And if you go to the right places, it's sweet. And when you go to that building, and listen, you know, the 49ers playing Levi's kind of (laughs) sucks. That building, I've been to Jerry's Palace, is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. It is cool. I'm not giving the Rams necessarily a pass, but whatever. Like, they're going to be good. They're going to be fine. They're going to be a playoff team. To me, the the story of the night, Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league. First time he's lost in six seasons is his first opening game loss. Like, they'll be okay. But like Matt Stafford, who I will also give somewhat of a pass, given that his practice time was limited because of the injury, I do think it's fair to say, like, he plays a little loosey-goosey. 
I remember last year, I kind of crushed him after a game because he was throwing picks. He throws interceptions. Now, ultimately, they overcame it, and he was pretty good in the he was really good in the playoffs. He did throw a late pick that was dropped against the 49ers that would have cost them the Super Bowl. But ultimately, I've always liked Matt Stafford, and I can live with the picks because I get the big plays. Tonight, we didn't. Now, when you're going no-look passes, and I remember, you know, Mahomes has done this too. I have no problem doing a no-look pass here and there. There's another thing doing a no-look pass into, like, tight coverage over the middle of the field. Like, what are we doing? You know, I mean, this is, you're playing the Bills. You're not playing the Jags here. You're playing a team that might go to the Super Bowl and win it. And you're throwing no-look passes. We're getting a little cute here. Like, if I'm Sean McVay, I know Sean McVay is probably not going to MF Matt Stafford. But on that play in front of the team, like, the millennial version of lighting them up. Because that's kind of ridiculous. And when you play like that against really good teams, and he is inclined to throw interceptions, like Josh Allen threw a real, he threw two picks tonight. One was real, one was not. Matt Stafford is more inclined to throw a bunch of real picks, picks that hit guys in the hands. He got fooled on the one play, and the other, again, the no look pass. I just, I can't get my arms around. Like that's just, I, I, and listen, you know, Steph Curry does it sometimes, right? If you watch the Warriors play. He will have passes that hit the dude that's paying $1,500 for a second row seat right in the head. The difference is Steph Curry dominates. Like Matt Stafford has games where he's doing this, and he did consistently last year. Remember he had a stretch last year of three or four games where I think he threw eight picks, or he accounted for like 10 turnovers, fumbles, and interceptions? Like that will be the one reason that the Rams do not compete to win the NFC. Because let's face it, the AFC where the Bills play – lot more difficult. The Chiefs, the Ravens, obviously the Bengals, the AFC West. Like, it's it's hard. It is very, very hard. The NFC, like, Tom Brady, is is he going to quit? Is Giselle going to move back in? What, what's going on there? Uh, you know, the 49ers, we'll see the quarterback situation. You know, uh, the Green Bay Packers, who's Aaron throwing, dude? Like, it's, it's pretty wide open. But if Matt Stafford, if Matt Stafford played a little more in control... I think the Rams would be the heavy favorite, but he doesn't. So when he doesn't, like ultimately the Ram, the Rams can get got. And I, I would say that of all the defending champs who are still really good, they would be the type team that like, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they lost in the first round, you know? And it's, it has no, like, that's not a, uh, that, that doesn't reflect Sean McVay, like how highly I think of him. That reflects Matt Stafford and his inclination and to throw the ball to the other team. It's not a referendum on their operation. They're high level. But ultimately, they go as he goes. And last year, the Ravens game, the Titans game, some just come to my mind, the Niners game, when he throws the ball to the other team, they, they can lose, especially to good teams. And that's who typically beats them when Stafford's throwing the ball like that. But fun night, uh, even though it was a little bit of blowout in the second half, it's good to have football back. Let's dive into the rest of the podcast. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the code COLIN to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. Here are two games that I don't like, I love. The 49ers right now about minus seven against the Chicago Bears. I think that is blowout city. The Arizona Cardinals are 
while they are home hosting the Chiefs, are dealing with a ton of injuries in offense. Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz. I like the Chiefs big in this game. I think the Chiefs have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs have a point to prove early and often, and I love them in this game, even on the road. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I've been thinking about all week. Uh, and I talk about it a lot. The NFL has a lot of built-in advantages, right? Uh, I think it's a big reason societally we have a lot less. Uh, our attention spans are tiny. Our options are uh, exponential. I mean, from Netflix to streaming to video games, better than they've ever been, to social media. We've never had more things to occupy our time. You know, I, I've lived, I was born before the internet. And I've lived through dial-up to where we are now. It's dramatic. And my attention span, I'm an impatient person. It's dramatically worse than it's ever been. And I'm not blaming anybody, uh, but it, it, it is what it is. And the NFL, unlike the other sports, I, someone slid into my DMs like, baseball in September matters. No, the game today is no different than the game 45 games ago. You play 162 of them. 
You know, now if it's a winner get in at the end of the season, of course, but you just can't convince me otherwise. There's 162 games. Basketball has 100 or has 82, right? And we know, I say it over and over, if the players don't care, why will the fans? And the ratings have been historically low for for a while. Uh, and I think a lot has to do with the star players don't play. You know, and in the NFL, they're, they have a lot going for them. Because in the NBA, they have storylines. But the majority of the storylines, let's face it, are off the court, are like personal drama. And obviously, the NFL has that as well. But there is nothing like the games. And there is nothing. Coaches, I think that's another thing. Like when I was a kid, baseball managers were famous. Obviously, basketball coaches. And there are a few basketball coaches who are still famous. But really, more in college basketball coaches. NFL coaches and NFL quarterbacks. So the majority of the things I talk about, like I'm not breaking down the offensive line. I'm not b- breaking down safety play. Why? Because m- the majority of humans do not care, but they can talk coaching, whether it's the head coach or the coordinators or the quarterbacks all day long. That interests me and it interests you. And the NFL, I, I, I'm, it's trying not to be hyperbolic, but it feels like this is the most anticipated season. And that's going to continue moving forward for years ever. And a lot has to do with they've never had this many fans. The gambling's legal. Obviously, fantasy football's at an all-time high. And the, the storylines, like, you can't even make them up. We, we've all watched reality television. We've all watched. I'm watching uh, this show on Hulu right now called The Patient with Steve Carell. And it's pretty good. And all these streaming services have all these different shows. And they're all really good. And you're watching it like, God, this can't even be real. And in the NFL, sometimes you think like, God, this is really happening. Like the greatest player potentially of all time, the GOAT, Tom Brady, like is going through something with his wife that I've said over and over, his situation off the field is the most relatable thing that's ever happened to Tom. We, we can't relate to a guy, the majority, the average height in America is like 5'10", Tom Brady's 6'5", good looking, went to Michigan, NFL superstar, super rich, married to a supermodel, not relatable, any of that at all. But we all can relate to whether you're married or not married, going through stuff at home, you know, away from the job. Like I, I'm saying, I, and I believe this to my core, that this is Tom Brady's most relatable, beside like his mom getting sick or, you know, family stuff like that, that we all go through, but issues with his wife. And I've said over and over, it's the thing that makes me hesitant on the Bucks. If you tell me Tom Brady's in, Baham- in the Bahamas, my birthday's in early October. By my birthday, I believe you. You know, I don't know. It, it's weird. And But the other uh, part of Tom Brady is he's still sweet. He's a 45-year-old, seven-time Super Bowl champion. Some people are like, Middlecoff, you said the bubbles don't count. Well, hell, give him six and a half. I don't care. Uh, he's one of the greatest athletes ever. And he's still humming. He's still good. He was an MVP level player last year. And that's, to me, pretty remarkable. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest players we've ever seen as well, is going for his third straight MVP. The AFC West, absolutely loaded. Like, that's the thing. It's like football has the off the field drama, but then it has the on the field tangible stuff. Right? Can Lamar Jackson get it back? As of recording this right now, Duke going to sign a contract? Are him and the Ravens going to figure that out? The Cowboys. Like, I think the number one thing we talk about with them, is their coach going to get fired? Is their coach going to make it through the season? Like, if they miss the playoffs, he's done. What if they start slow? They do have a guy on the staff that would be pretty easy to transition to in Dan Quinn. Right? The Pats. The greatest coach of all time, in my opinion, some people argue it. I don't really know how you would argue it. Like, I always say, 
it's easy to beat up on Bill now because Tom's gone, but we all witnessed all those big games. Like Bill was kicking everyone's ass, running circles around him. And he made Matt Patricia his offensive coordinator. And let's be real, the, the Patriots, because of their success, became a big national brand. And Bill, because of the sport, is very, very famous. Head coaches, like I said earlier, are very, very famous. And when you win a lot, you become on the top of the ledge. And there's no more famous coach in the NFL than Bill Belichick. Like, in the history of the league, it's like Belichick, Walsh, you know, Parcells. Like, he's on the short list just in general in the 60-plus years of football. Lombardi. But he made Matt Patricia's offensive coordinator. And listen, I, I Bill has no clue who I am. I, I'm sure there might be a guy on the past staff or whatever that listens to this. Like, you, you have to admit that's insane. That, that, that is borderline fucking comical. If any other team had made Matt Patricia, let's just pick a random team, the Minnesota Vikings. If whoever they had hired had named Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator, can you imagine our reaction? Can you imagine if Pete Carroll had named Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator? Like, it's just, there is no justifying it. There's really not, beside he knows them. No other team in the league, one, would have done it, and two, could pull it off without getting absolutely eviscerated 24-7, 365 by local, po- I don't even say podcasting, you know, the athletic, the fans. And I, I mean, it is it's happening in New England, but that's insane. Like, that's, I Bill's done bold things. This is the craziest thing he's ever done. I don't really think it's that debatable. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who became was the number one pick in the draft four years ago. The number one pick in the draft. Gets traded and gets to play his team week one, which is pretty cool. But people are like, Middlecoff, I've gotten a lot of this. I can't believe you picked the Panthers. Well, yeah, it was a bold move. I mean, would I bet my life on it? No. But I'm betting on two things. One, under no circumstances, if Dennis Allen is the head coach, would I pick them to win a division? I don't care who else is in the division. If Alabama and Ohio State were in their division, I would think about picking one of those two teams over Dennis Allen. It's not if you're a Saints fan because your team sucks. I don't believe that. You guys have a lot of good players. I am not betting on Dennis Allen. Just period, point blank, end of story. And obviously Tampa is very talented. And if Tom was leading a normal life right now, I they would be the easy pick. But I do think there is a chance that Tom, one, either doesn't finish this season, or I, I'm, I'm sorry, if your wife, and it's being reported, is not living with him, is threatening to leave, she's done this before, but this time it's real. Like, I don't care who you are. Now, maybe Tom hates her. Maybe he doesn't care. But it does have ramifications once you have children. And the focus is just, Tom Brady's an all-in focus, 100%, 365, 24-7, just dialed. And I think it becomes very difficult when your wife is constantly messing with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just a human being living in the real world. And that's the reason. So the Carolina Panthers, and I, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Kevin Clark. Like Matt, Matt Rule, like, listen, I've, been, I've ripped him the first two years. He deserved it. But I believe their defense is going to be really good. If Baker Mayfield, who has been the starting quarterback of a playoff team, and a couple years ago, no one the hell knew who Kevin Stefanski was. Right, I mean, he had been a lifelong assistant for the Minnesota Vikings. It took him like 10 years to become an offensive coordinator. Matt Rule has had success being a head coach. Now, I, again, like I said, I would not bet my life on it. But to me, there, there is something there. And the 49ers. Uh, the, to me, they're one of the bigger stories in the league just simply because Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. And I'm sure people have talked about Trey Lance being annoyed at first when it happened. Of course he was. Jimmy, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was in the meeting rooms all year long. 
He was working out on the side. He was not even around the team in the sense of the meetings, the practice. He was throwing while he was at the facility on his own, on the side, with little guys that looked like me. Like He was not even working out with other players. It, it was like 24-year-old training interns. I gave those kids some credit. They were catching balls. When I was at Fresno State in the GA, I used to kind of catch for the quarterbacks every once in a while. Just we, we were limited on staff. You know, it wasn't even 15 years ago, Mountain West, not big budgets. At the time, it was the whack. And our, our equipment guy was really stingy, so he'd never let me wear the gloves. And listen, I, I'm not some college receiver here. And Derek was on the team. I mean, Derek throws a pretty hard ball. And even guys, here's the thing in football, like, and I say there's a big difference in arm strength. Even if you if you were me and you're not, you didn't play like Division One football and definitely didn't play in the NFL, kind of football for like Alex Smith, who I think most of us would say has a weak arm. Or think of a weak arm quarterback and Andy Dalton, like in the NFL, it it would blow you away how hard it hits your hands. I remember dropping it all the time, but it's that's why I'm giving these kids some credit. They're catching Jimmy Garoppolo's passes because I actually when he hits them, they never drop it. It's it's now they're wearing gloves. You know the 49ers, uh, they have a little more money than we did at Fresno State, so you can give gloves to the interns. But is if Trey Lance struggles, is Kyle going to go to the bullpen? Now, they have justified it, and I've heard this from people around the team, and obviously it's been well-reported. It's just simply value. They were able to get Jimmy Garoppolo to come back for $6.5 million, and they've told him, you're not going to be the starting quarterback. They've they, they've gone all in on Trey Lance. But I, I got news for you. Kyle ain't big on feelings. I, I've, I've watched his career as closely as anyone over the last five years as like, beside like Andy Reid. So, and I'm not comparing Kyle to Andy Reid. Andy Reid's got, you know, probably a little more patient. Kyle's just not. For being a young guy, he is, he's an old soul. And I I promise you, if the 49ers are struggling a little bit, it it would not shock me at all. He ain't trying to lose. Now, I'm always, I'm a big believer in think big picture when you make one of these, these moves, but I don't believe Kyle thinks like that. And whether that's right or wrong, he's trying to win every game, and he knows he has a Super Bowl-level roster. And I, I'll be stunned, stunned, if this story doesn't, you know, like there's a week this year. I don't know if it's week one or not week one, but week four, week 10. What I will be shell-shocked if there's not a moment where it's legitimately tangible. And I've said this on my other podcast, like this is, I, I hate it when teams do it. Like this is, and when players, like, this is all outside noise. This is media driven. This is the fans just talk. No, this, the 49ers created this. Like they did this. The moment they resigned Jimmy, which in a vacuum I get, but you're dealing with human beings. It becomes, it just becomes a story. Uh, Joe Burrow, like is Joe, is Joe Burrow just a flat out superstar now? Like, do we just chalk the Bengals up every year like we do the Chiefs? Like, you're just going to the playoffs. You're just you're just in. Like, I mean, how many teams? The, the Packers kind of like that too. You're just in the playoffs. If that's the case, I mean, the Bengals are pretty lucky. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so, man, I, I I really can't wait. It, it's just you know you got the Vikings. You know, Dak's always a polarizing player. The situation in in Arizona. Like every time Kyler does dumb shit, throws a pick, people are going to be, oh, he's not watching film. Oh, all that money, not doing it. Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan's a pretty interesting storyline in Indy. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. To me, the storylines, even of the non like top five, top seven quarterbacks are just fascinating. And that's, you know, what I do for a living. Talk about this stuff is the most fun. If you're a fan of those teams, it makes it the most just the roller coaster ride. And let's face it, like, unless your team's winning 13 games, 
even if your team wins eight to ten, like the season is a roller coaster ride. You have some incredible wins and you have some devastating losses. And I just want to say this. I, you know, I've been known to talk some shit about, you know, individual coaches. And when I say that, I just mean like question how good they are at their job. And it's a job that pays a premium. It's there there aren't many W two employees that aren't like the CEO that make one point five million dollars. They make $3 million. They're not even the boss of their own department. So it's we talk about with players, it's a very unique industry. Same with coaches. I, I've been saying for a while now, the NFL is Wall Street on grass with the amount of money these teams are worth. The coaches... I mean, do you understand that like a running back coach in the league makes like 500 gur? Do you, do you, offensive line and defensive line coaches, the good ones, make seven figures. The majority of defensive coordinators make around two to two plus million dollars. So th- these guys are paid at the highest of levels. I mean, trust me, like I was a scout when I was in the league. Most of my friends in the NFL are scouts. They are not on the same pay scale. The pay scale for coaches and the pay scale for scouts is not even near the same. Now, you can argue a good coach is much more important th- than a good scout just because you have so many scouts. Like You need to have a good offensive line coach. I can get away with having a bad West Coast scout if I have a good you know, scouting coordinator. Uh, so I, I don't argue that they're more valuable, but the pay discrepancy is massive. But here's what, what I will not argue. My dad was a farmer. And th- there were some times during harvest where they would work crazy hours. But it wasn't a six-month period of time. It might last a week, right? The majority of time, like he was able to come home for dinner. And he worked a lot. I mean, worked six, seven days a week. But he, uh, you know, I, you could have dinner and breakfast with my my parents. My mom also worked, but she was a government worker. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot of shit about the government, but in fairness, she got a good retirement plan and takes care of her right now, which is good. Good health, good health uh, uh, coverage as well. Uh, but the NFL is unlike anything I've ever seen. The only way that I can relate it personally in terms of time it spends for six months in terms of coaching and scouting, having lived it, is when I first, when I became the West Coast scout for the Eagles, I moved back to San Francisco. And I lived with a family friend that I didn't know that well, and we've become buddies, and he's a friend now. His name is Bobby. He's actually uh, from Fresno, Ivy League guy, uh, played baseball in the Ivies, and he's just, he's a baller in the business world. And he essentially works on Wall Street, even though he works in the Bay Area, you know, banks and finance, and he does deals. And I remember thinking, having just come from the Eagles and worked in the office for a couple years, Wall Street's the closest thing I would imagine to what we did in the office because he would leave around 7 a.m. and he wouldn't come back working on a deal if it was big till 11 or midnight. And he would do it over and over and over again and have to go in on weekends. Now, the difference is, is when a deal closed, he might have some time off. Once the se- And I just remember thinking, I have a lot of respect for finance. Now, the difference is, you know, at the time, you know, you, in your late 20s, early 30s, you can be making some big coin. You know, that, that dude that's running the Minnesota Vikings now that comes from the finance background, unlike a lot of scouts that came up, like this starting pay as a scout is like 20, 20 grand. So even the starting uh, pay as like a young, young football assistant coach is very, very limited. And you still work crazy hours. And the stress and the grind of what's training camp starts to once the season ends is pretty intense. And I have the utmost, utmost respect to just the competitive endurance that it takes. It's basically a treadmill that's on about five miles an hour and does not stop for six months. Does not stop. And there are moments when it's going to, you know, Thursday, Friday, mellow out a little bit. I guess in the NFL, it's more like Friday afternoon, Saturday. 
And there are moments when it kicks up a little harder Monday, Tuesday. There is no feeling like coming into the office after a loss. Sometimes it felt like, and I'll never forget this feeling, and you just you become numb to it, I think, the longer you work in the league, like going to a funeral. You, you, you just, you, you would avoid it at any cost. You don't want that ever to happen. And there's nothing like winning. The problem, though, is once you win, it just, the, the page turns, you're on to the next game. It's not like you celebrate. It's not like there's cake in the office the next day. So you basically just put on your team gear uh, for six months and you get there, you know, in the wee hours of the morning, depending, you know, on what your role is on the team, I'd say at five to 7 a.m., and you don't leave till late. And it, it, it's a grinder's league. Now, you could argue some coaches waste time. But once you get, and I, I'm like this, I'm a creature of habit. And I, I'm a very, uh, you know, I, I'm a very regimented individual in terms of once my process is my process for how I do a podcast or how I do whatever, I st- once it's successful, I stick with it. So I don't blame someone if they're used to working 18 hours, even by the time you become Andy Reid or Belichick. That's just how you do it. Why? Because that's how you know you get success. It's hard to break that. It, it really is. And that's what a lot of guys in the NFL do. And I, I, I do respect the time and the grind that it goes in, even though as this season goes, I, I will be you know, this is, we're critical on this podcast. We ain't answering to anybody, you know, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. And as you know, if you've listened to this, I do, but I, I do respect the time, even though I don't think you're good that you put into it. Now, my answer ultimately is like, this is a black and white league. You win or you lose. You know, we, we judge you. This is not like Middlecoff. How, how, uh, how'd your podcast do? Well, if I told you how many downloads, like how much money it's like, well, you could have more downloads. You could have more money. That's not the way a football game works. Like there's a football games on Sunday and half the league either is going to lose. Half the team's going to win. So you can say, well, we prepared well. We got ready. No, you lost. You know, and that's the best part about sports that's even different from business, right? Because in business, you know, we did well. We made some money. Well, what you just, these are all arbitrary numbers. In football, there is one number that matters. And that's at the, when the clock hits double zero, do you have more points than your opponent? That's strictly how we judge you. You could have a quarterback that throws 10 touchdowns on the season, but if he's a starting quarterback for a team that wins 11 games and they're hosting a playoff game and they win the division, ultimately, who cares? Uh, so I, t- I tip my hat to everyone in the league. And college football, the same deal. I mean, it, the, the time these people put in is is no joke. It, it's a grinder sport, you know, that it just, it's it's unlike anything in terms of the, the work that and the time spent on the game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built 
by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. But on a brighter note, let's just dive into the games. That's why I, I just wrote them all down, and we're just kind of going to fly through. Uh, Stucky will be on after we, we pick three games talking about gambling. But let's just start. I just went to ESPN.com, typed up the schedule, and I just I wrote them down in, in their order. Basically, 10 a.m. games, 1 o'clock games. I, I never, for those of you, I always thought it was weird when I lived in Philly that the 10 a.m. game actually was the 1 o'clock game. 
and then the one o'clock game was actually the four o'clock game. I remember showing up to Monday Night Football kickoffs at eight fifteen. I have a lot of respect for East Coast fans. I mean, holy shit, you guys have to stay up late to watch football. But uh, Saints Atlanta to me, this is pretty simple. You guys know where I stand on the Saints. I do not believe Dennis Allen is going to be a good coach because I've already seen it. Now he's a good, he's a good two. He's a good defensive coordinator, but being the head man is a different role. Uh, we have a lot of coaches in the history of the league that represent that argument. We know this is not, you know, it's very, very difficult to make that transition. But I think Atlanta sucks. So if you're Dennis Allen, like, you got to win this game. I don't, I don't care if this game's on the road. You cannot open up your Saints career with a loss to the Atlanta Falcons and Marcus Mariota. You have the better team, but like, how good is Jameis? I know he's talking about his elbows and his knees and symmetrical. Like, is the guy good? Because I, I saw him years ago with Bruce Allen throw 30-plus interceptions. Now everyone's like, Middlecoff, he was 5-2 and two and statistically pretty good. Yeah, Sean Payton's gone. Sean Payton's on television now. Like, the reason the Saints were so good, we're two humans. Drew Brees, Sean Payton. They're both gone. So this notion that I'm just betting the farm, Jameis Winston has had success with really one guy, Jimbo Fisher, in college. For a split second, I guess you could say Sean Payton, but who knows? I mean, it's less than half the season. So, I don't know. I mean, I I believe the Saints should win this game. I'm not saying they're going to lose because I think Atlanta stinks. The other thing is, like, if Atlanta does stink, Arthur Smith's just good. They're just allowed to suck for a while. That's going to be interesting to see. The Niners against Chicago. Obviously, the number one story here is Trey Lance. How's the guy look? (laughs) I mean, does the guy look like he's going to be a starting quarterback? I've seen him a lot of practice, but shit. I mean, what what does that mean? Seen good days of practice, seen bad days of practice. Listen, I'm... I, I come from the school of like, we pay you to the games. How do you look in the games? There's been a lot of guys that practice well and suck in the games. There have been a lot of guys that practice shitty and dominate. You, you get paid for Sunday. I know Ray Lewis said you pay me Monday through Saturday, but ultimately, like, you get paid to perform in the games. So you get drafted number three, a lot of hype. You got Jimmy breathing down your neck, even though the 49ers said it's not true. Well, he's there. So it's going to be rainy. I, you guys also know where I stand on the Bears. I think they're bad. I, I think they're really bad. I think this offensive line is atrocious. Now, if it rains, maybe they just run the ball. They do have a couple good running backs, but I, I like the Niners big in this game. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I added up last season what the Steelers-Bengals scores were, and combined they lost by 45 points. 45 points. Now, one game was 31, but they lost the other by 14 points. The Bengals kicked the living you-know-what out of the out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And everyone will tell you in the gambling world, Tomlin thrives as an underdog. This is a double whammy. He's an underdog. Why? Because, one, the Bengals are at home, and they're the defending AFC champs. And the other is they literally destroyed the Steelers. So I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I do not like Kenny Pickett either. Now, Kenny Pickett is the backup quarterback, so it might not even matter. And I was wrong. I thought Kenny Pickett would end up starting week one. Now, maybe they didn't want to start him because they're playing a good team. I don't know. But, like, are the Bengals just going to be a power? Like I said earlier, are they just going to be a team like the Chiefs? You just chalk up because they got Joe Burrow into the playoffs every year? Is that the way it's going to go? Is Joe Burrow just going to be one of the best players, one of the most famous people in all of sports? Like, are we just going to, are they just going to win 11, 12 games again? Boom, be competing, AFC Championship, potential Super Bowl. And he's just a flat-out bona fide superstar, him and Jamar Chase. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I would bet on. Uh, the Steelers' defense is good. They always are. I, I just, I wonder about them offensively. That that would make me nervous. I do like the, I do like the Bengals in this game. Philly at Detroit. To me, 
and I, you can put you can lump me in this as well. Everyone's picking the Eagles, right? Not I'm not talking about this game, but just this season, uh, because we believe their roster is really good. It is, but like, what does Jalen Hurts look like now? I know people in the organization heard he's gotten better. We've all heard and and just read the articles. If you're an Eagles fan, you got to be excited. But like I said with Trey Lance, it's about the game. So if Jalen Hurts is going to be a guy that this team can compete to, I don't know, win the NFC, let alone win the NFC uh, East, like Jalen Hurts got to be a legit dude. I don't think the Lions defense is very good. So does he just go into Detroit and kick their ass? And what about Detroit? Like some of us watch hard knocks, rooting for these guys. Feels like they got a solid little team. But they just drafted number two overall. Like, Are they going to be competitive this year? Are they like a 7-8 win team? Or are they just really shitty again? Like the Lions typically are without a couple Matt Stafford years over the last 20 years. I don't know. I mean, I'm rooting for them. I'm picking them to be competitive. But I wouldn't, like I said with the Panthers, NFC uh, South pick, I wouldn't bet my life on it by any means. But I, I do like Detroit in this game with the points. Though, if Jalen Hurts has literally taken another step, and by the end of the year, he's in that kind of like the worst version of the Derek, Dak, Cousins. Like you can just kind of put him in there like he's throwing 30 plus touchdowns. The Eagles can be a problem. This game is fascinating. <laughs> New England at Miami. Uh, the Patricia experiment. We like just look at New England's roster. It's their worst roster in recent memory. They do not have offensive explosive players. How are they going to score points? But on the flip side, as Mike McDaniel said this year, uh, this week, he's like, it has to be the greatest discrepancy in the history of the NFL coaching-wise. I have zero wins, and he has a ton of wins. Like, there's never been a bigger gap. So, is is Mike McDaniel going to outcoach Bill Belichick? Is Tua decent, or is Tua just bad? To me, that's my question. I don't know the answer. I'm betting against Tua. Not a huge fan. Uh, I, I don't. I have no feel for this game. I guess I would take the Pats just simply on the points, but I don't think the Pats are going to be very good. But I'm also not a huge believer in Miami. You know, their their head coaches never call plays. He is very smart. He's likable. I'm rooting for him. He was the run game coordinator for Kyle Shanahan. Now he played a big role, and he was a quote unquote like a right hand man, but he wasn't the play caller. To me, that's a big transition. That's just an unknown. And this is whoever wins this game is going to feel pretty good. Like, we can compete to be a wildcard team. I think this is a bigger game for Miami, given Belichick took the team down there Tuesday. Like, this is a big game for Miami. Like, if I'm going to take Miami seriously, like, you got to beat this Patriot team. Uh, Baltimore at the Jets. I, I'm nervous about Zach Wilson. Always thought it was a little weird that just the Jets went all in on him immediately over Fields, Lance. Like, you're just going to take this guy over those guys who are more physically gifted? He's immediately hurt. He was hurt last year. He's going to miss the first several games. They got to go with Flacco. They talk about Flacco a little too well. They talk about Flacco that makes me go red flag. Like, why do you give give Flacco kind of this circle jerk? Is that a reflection of your quarterback? Do you love the quarterback? Here's what I know is Zach Wilson. And the Jets aren't winning this game. I mean, so the, look at the Jets' early schedule. What if they are not good this year? What if they win four or five games and Zach Wilson is not the guy? Now, he would still get next year. But what if all of a sudden Zach Wilson's a bust? All those guys are getting fired. Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, every single person is getting fired. They need Zach Wilson to be good. And right now, based on injuries and just unknown, I would bet against it. Now, the Ravens, as of recording this during the day on Thursday, 
have not signed Lamar Jackson. And Lamar claimed that by the end of the week, I have to be signed. I, I, I don't think Lamar's handled this correctly. I would not be practicing, but listen, maybe he's a better guy than me. I think the Ravens are going to be fucking awesome. I think their defense is going to be ass kickers. I think their offense, if they can get this Lamar situation figured out, is going to be sweet. I got a birdie in that building that says this tight end that they drafted from, I think, Coastal Carolina is sweet. Obviously, if you fantasy football, everyone's heard about him. Mark Andrews stud, their run game. I think Lamar Jackson has even gotten better uh, this offseason from what I've heard. I like the Ravens a lot. I mean, I, I do. I, I picked them to win the division. I think they're going to be slightly better. It, you know, last year they were so injured, healthy, uh, even against the Bengals. I think they top to bottom have the better roster. Now, I would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. I like that type quarterback more. But I've come around on Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson's a stud. And when he's healthy, and if his, if his mind's in it, and listen, he's been pretty focused. How many guys in his position, you can say it's right or wrong, would have stayed practicing, would have stayed dialed in as the contract situation not playing out like this. Most guys hold in. Most guys do not practice. They don't risk injury. Lamar is Lamar's a high-level cap, man. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I like him to destroy the Jets. Jacksonville at Washington. I don't know really there's that much to say about this. I mean, Carson Wentz, let's face it, is kind of playing for his career. A little bit like Russell Westbrook last year with the uh, with the LA Lakers. Like, bro, what, what are we doing? All right, can, can you change it all? And the answer was no. Like Carson Wentz, can, can you figure it out? Like, can someone just kind of vouch for you? Be like, you know, I kind of like this Carson Wentz guy. Not a bad guy. Like, why, why can't? Why does the last two teams can't get rid of Carson Wentz fast enough? Like, that, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And this is not the easiest place to resurrect your career. And then on the flip side, I don't blame Trevor Lawrence at all for last year. Urban Meyer is was a class. I mean, was it's the most embarrassing thing we've ever seen? He did not make it through the season. Did not make it through the season. Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach. And he's just a genuine, nice human being. It, it's got to be one of the great transitions in the history of the league for a quarterback. Go from Urban Meyer, who was a fucking fish out of water. I've called him Fraud Meyer for years. Not because he couldn't coach. He can coach in college. But he coached in college because he could bully people. And he always coached at places, Florida and Ohio State, that pre-NIL would give huge bags of money to the best players and just naturally recruited good players. And he was excellent in college, kind of bullying other programs and out-recruiting them. The NFL is an intellectual league, not a recruiting league. And you could see Urban Meyer like couldn't deal with players making more money than him or on his same economic level. And he's, he's a fraud. You know, I, I just think he's a questionable human being to begin with. But he got run out of the league. He, he couldn't cut it in the big leagues. Like Nick Saban, you know, wasn't probably meant for the NFL, but he still lasted a couple seasons. Uh, I think Jacksonville, some people think they're going to be feisty. I still think they're going to be pretty bad, but I think they'll be dramatically improved from an eye test standpoint. You'll just watch them go, okay, that, I understand why Trevor Lawrence was a big-time, uh, you know, recruit and then college prospect. The Browns against Carolina. I mean, this is pretty cool because... Baker Mayfield, who gets traded to the team that's opening up against the Browns. (laughs) I mean, think about that. And, of course, he he won the job. Sam Darnold's technically hurt, but Baker Mayfield beat him out even before he was injured. So, you know where I'm standing. I'm I'm rooting for Carolina now to uh, win the AFC South. Excuse me, the NFC South. But I'm telling you, when I watch a preseason game with Baker Mayfield, I'm like, God, he looks a little more natural in this jersey. It just fits a little bit more than it did with the Browns. And let's face it. How do you take the Browns seriously right now? I know they have good players in their roster, but it's hard to just look at the Cleveland Browns and not think Deshaun Watson. 
And they're starting Jacoby Brissett, which from everything I've heard from people, great guy, super high character, bad player. He's just not a good player. And it's one thing to be a backup. And most backups ideally never have to play. I mean, is Jacoby starting the next, whatever, 11 games? Because if he is, the Browns are in trouble. And every Browns fan knows that, right? Uh, now, if, if Carolina is going to win the division, they got to win this game. Can't Cannot lose this game. The Giants at Tennessee, I mean, I the Giants do nothing for me. Brian Dayball is not calling the place. I, I still think that's one of the most head-scratching things I've seen this training camp and this leading up to week one. Not calling the place? That's, that's, that's why you got hired. You became a head coach because you were the, the best offensive coordinator in the league for the Bills. Now, I know you'll still be influencing and shaping the offense, but not calling the plays? Like, I, if I hired Emeril Lagasse for a big event with uh, a bunch of potential clients, I wouldn't want him to just cook, or I mean, excuse me, go to the grocery store and then let someone else cook. I'd want him to make the meal. Like, Brian Dable, you were high. I said the same thing last year about Robert Sala. These young guys that get head coaching jobs, like, I'm a CEO now. You're not hired to be the CEO. No one looks at you like you're Jeff Bezos. Just, just figure out how to call the offense or call the defense. The reason you became a head coach. I, I just, I'm baffled by that. Is it because they think it's going to be pretty ugly and he can throw Mike Kafka to the Wolves? Kind of what it feels like to me. Uh, in Tennessee, I, I believe they're going to take a little bit of a step back, which is fine. Bleak Willis will transition in the starter next year. Traylon Burks, it might take him a little bit longer. He'll be better next year. Uh, they're probably not a playoff team, but I've said over and over, I wouldn't bet against Mike Vrabel. He has proven to be one of the better coaches in the league. John Robinson has proven to be better, one of the better general managers in the league. They've been one of the most consistent organizations in the league. Everyone anoints Ballard and Frank Wright, and they consistently beat them. I mean, it's just, that's just a reality. So I, I would never just discount Tennessee, even though it does feel like the, the recipe is there for them. Obviously, they were the one seed last year. That, that's not going to happen. Probably, I mean, might be the best game of the day. Packers at Minnesota. And let's start with Minnesota. One thing they have going for them in this game, their weakness is corners. Their corners are just not good. And ultimately, it's why I'm not picking them to win this division. Because I think when you don't have good corner play, this this is not 1984. We're not playing a bunch of teams that want to run it down my throat. I'm playing teams that want to throw it. Well, think about the Packers. They lost Devontae Adams, and the question mark is their passing game. But they do have Aaron Rodgers. If, like Colin and a lot of people think the Minnesota Vikings and Kevin O'Connell... And I'm not even trying to make fun of Kevin O'Connell. It's just the Minnesota Vikings were good last year on offense. Their problem was defense. Well, if they're going to win this division, they got to win this game. Like, you can't say it's a must win. Well, yeah, you can't be losing to the Packers at home and think you're going to beat them, one, on the road, and two, just be better than them. Like, if you're going to beat the Packers, you literally have to be better than them. And you get them at home, the atmosphere is going to be elite. I even saw LaFleur saying how annoying the skull and the, and the, the horn thing is. It's an elite NFL atmosphere. There is a small number, the Chiefs, Minnesota, uh, I, maybe Lambeau a little bit, this collegiate you, Steelers when, when they're humming. Like, you watch college football, their atmospheres are better than the NFL. The football in the NFL is better, but the college uh, pageantry is what separates that sport, right? Uh, in terms of interest. It's why I'm not saying it's more interesting than the NFL. I'm just saying if college did not have how cool their atmospheres were, it wouldn't be even remotely as interesting. But when you have a great atmosphere and a great home field, you got to win on it. Like Wisconsin, LSU, whoever, you got to take advantage of your home field advantage. I mean, that's that's the whole point of a home field advantage. And to me, Minnesota, like you got to win this game. And I am kind of fascinated to watch like 
Rodgers with the new receivers? Like, what does it look like? You know, what does it look like? I don't know. Uh, I, I would still lean Green Bay in this game, but listen, I'm not crazy enough because, like I said, Minnesota's main weakness is also technically the Packers' weakness. Now, we could find out early on, like, no, Aaron's fine. He'll be slinging it around. Why? I mean, he's one of the greatest players of all time in the peak of his powers. He's a two-time reigning MVP. LaFleur's pretty good. Uh, LaFleur's definitely much more accomplished than than uh, Kevin O'Connell, who a couple years ago, no one would have known who he was unless you were a San Diego State fan. So uh, this that's a good game. This is also a good game. Kansas City at Arizona. Chiefs are my pick to win the AFC West. They'll be my pick, probably them, Baltimore, to be you know right there for the AFC. Mahomes is my MVP pick. I like Kansas City to beat the shit out of Arizona. Now, you can call me a Cardinal hater. I probably am. Uh, but they, like, listen, their they're first-round wide receiver, well, he wasn't drafted this year, but the guy they gave up pick 22 for was arrested this year. Their running back coach, I, I haven't read him, is he even back? He had a domestic dispute uh, violence issue where he got subpoenaed or, you know, served or arrested or whatever. I'm no legal analyst, but, you know, he's basically being accused of hitting a woman in a grocery store. Like, that's, you know, that's, and he's not around. That happened, coach. And obviously the Kyler Murray contract situation. Like, I, I th- I'm shorting the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I've never, for someone who does not believe in Kyler, the player, I've never disputed the talent. I've never disputed his ability. I, I think his his talent is, it's very Michael Vick-ish, but he's even more accurate. Now, Michael was bigger, but like Michael, he gets hurt a lot. And he kind of wears down because Michael wasn't the biggest guy. Michael's bigger than Kyler, but Michael was still small. And I, I just... I think this Arizona, I saw J.J. Watt's already injured. I mean, I, I like J.J. Watt, but holy shit, he's getting injured hurt a lot now. And I, I just think Kansas City is one on a mission. They are pissed off from last year. They're obviously a big favorite in this game, even though they're on the road. And I think they go in there and they hammer Arizona. Obviously, Hopkins is out for PEDs. Uh, I think Arizona's just got a lot going on. And like I said, Cliff, good guy, never trusted him as a coach. I never have. And I, I don't start just because he had one decent year in the NFL. Uh, Vegas at Chargers. This is right out there, actually, with Green Bay and Minnesota. This is a good. This is a game. <laughs> this is a ball game. Uh, I mean, two teams that have a ton of sweet players. Obviously, Derek Carr has resurrected his career against his college teammate Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is now the best player on the team. He's the best player the Raiders have had over the last decade, beside Khalil Mack. Uh, you get Josh McDaniel, who's been turning down jobs, who live, literally left Chris Ballard at the altar um, against the Chargers, who I think you know, man for man, player for player, best roster in the NFL. But their coach last year was reckless, simply put. I mean, it's, you can't even argue that. The analytical elites can push back all they want. He was reckless, and he cost them the playoffs. He cost them the playoffs with a top-five quarterback. Can you imagine missing the playoffs with a top-five quarterback? Their defense was horrendous. Well, their defense has improved. Now, it doesn't look like J.C. Jackson's going to play in this game, but Khalil Mack uh, should help their run defense immensely. Having Derwin James healthy should help immensely. Uh, I, I just... This, to me, is a coin flip game. Having been down there, I went to a Niner-Rams game. Niner fans packed the place. I would expect, and obviously the Rams have more fans than the Chargers, I would expect there to be a lot a silver and black in, in this stadium. It was when they were playing at the Home Depot Center a couple years ago before they moved into SoFi, it was basically 90% Raider fans. Now, I don't know if it'll quite be that, but it'll definitely be on the pie chart, you know, I 65, 35, 70, 30. It, 
80-20. I don't know. There are going to be a ton of Raider fans. That's the problem for the Chargers. Like Ultimately, I think their roster is good. Even if Brandon Staley just improves on last year, they have no home field advantage. None. And think of the three teams in their division. All three teams, big brands that travel. Like Bronco fans, if, if the Denver's good, and obviously if the Chiefs are good, like their fans will come. The Raider fans already live in L.A. So you got this sweet team, which they do. They have no home field advantage. Like the Chiefs in Denver, huge home field advantage. The Raiders are good. They will have a home field advantage, even though that's closer to the Chargers, just given the market. But Raider fans are Northern California, L.A. It's easy to get to Vegas. Southwest flight. Ask the owner. Mark Davis. Been taking Southwest for years. So I, I'm just... I kind of want to lean Vegas, but if the Chargers are going to be some powerhouse this year, you got to win some home games. To me, Vegas can lose this game and still be okay. And to me, this is a pretty cool little four game. These four teams, Kansas City, Arizona, Vegas, and the Chargers. So Kansas City plays Arizona. Next week, they play the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. The Raiders play the Chargers, and next week, they're at home against Arizona. Like, there is probably going to be a team, and I would bet being Arizona, that's going to come out of this stretch being 0-2. But I could be wrong. I mean, if the Chargers were to lose this game, then they got a short week at Kansas City. Like, it's crazy as it sounds. The Chargers, you don't win this game, regardless of what happens in Kansas, you know, what happens in the Kansas City-Arizona game. You then have four days to go to Arrowhead of their season opener. So this is, uh, this is a cool little four-team little uh, round robin to watch. And then Tampa-Dallas. I mean, the Brady thing, I don't know how they're not going to avoid it or how they're going to avoid it, and they'll probably try about off-the-field stuff. But it's the elf in the room. <clears throat> I mean, him, Giselle, his situation, leaving training camp for 11 days. Like, come on. We were just, we were born at night, but not last night. Like, there's something's going on. Now, I'm not expecting everyone to know all the details. I don't even care. But, like, it's a thing when you're the greatest player of all time and you disappear for 11 days. Like, you can't downplay it. In fairness, he didn't really. He said, like, I'm 45, shit happens. And it's true. Uh, in Dallas, like, the elephant in the room with them is just their coach. Like, he got to win. And I, you know, I don't even, if you said, who would you bet on this game? I, I wouldn't feel good picking either. I would lean just if, if Tom's playing, I'll pick Tampa because you know where I stand. I don't think Dallas is going to be as good this year. <clears throat> and I just think that pressure of Jerry being around Jerry's old, you know, just McCarthy, man, he, he's going to feel it and he's going to feel it fast. Now I am fascinated to watch Micah Parsons in this game. Like, is this guy just going to be for five straight years? Like one of the best players in the league. Cause last year he was remarkable. He was an unstoppable force. And think about this. Tampa, they're missing a bunch of offensive linemen. Like, that's the other thing with Tom. You know, Tom does get rid of the ball fast, but you do need to block for him a little bit. He can't move. I mean, e- even if he's in the best shape of his life at 45, he ain't running away from anybody. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Dallas, you know, they should be able to get pressure with Dan Quinn and, and Micah. You know, do they, uh, can they block for Tom? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. 
Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Well, it is week one. And it, uh, that means one thing and one thing only. It's time to gamble. And my man Stucky, uh, live from 
you know, just a vacation that is ending because the week one is officially here recording this on Thursday morning before the Rams bills game. I, I know you were all over college football last weekend. You, you can find sucky all over the action network, action network podcast, big bets on campus, social media talks a lot of shit on Twitter. Uh, Stucky, what's happening, bro? It's good. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm excited. College football is here. And now we're about to add NFL to the mix. Because it's, you know, when college football is back, it's kind of like, you know, week zero is the the bread with the olive oil. Week one is the appetizer because you wake up Sunday and yeah. it doesn't feel the same because Sunday at one or 10, if you're on the West Coast, there's no NFL. That change is starting tonight. So it's good to be back. Did, did you uh, short Scott Frost that week zero game in Ireland? I didn't bet it. I wish I did. People were trying to convince me to bet Nebraska. Um, and I just can't lay double digits with him. Um, you just can't bet him as a favorite. Nebraska has been very good as an underdog the past couple of years, but I think he's like seven, 16 and one against the spread as a double digit favorite. Not great. Um, and didn't even cover last week against North Dakota, but I wish I did. I would have been a great start to the year, but I stayed away from that one. Well, we, we got a lot of new people over the last year to the podcast. Can you just give people a little background into your uh, into your gambling forays uh, in your career and just what you've been doing? Yeah, I mean, I've never been a professional better. A professional better, how I define it is that's your sole source of income, which has never been the case. But I've been betting almost every day for going on 20 years back in high school in 2003. Um, and I built a big following up on some of the forums this is before pre-Twitter, uh, like covers.com. There was a bunch of forums I used to post. I built a big following, brought them over to Twitter. It was in the finance world um, and then had an opportunity to help start Action Network uh, in 2016, 2017, before I knew that betting was the passing of passport was going to become legal. So I left, uh, took a risk, and uh, fortunately it worked out. And here I am today, do a lot of content still for Action Network, um, podcast, video, written, and then still grinding every day. F- football is uh, football, college, and NFL, and college basketball are my three three go tos. I'll grind baseball during the summer, just trying to pick up a few pennies. Pass the time here and there, yeah. but uh, yeah, now we're in full swing. Yeah, I mean, thank God. Uh, I, I I personally can't do baseball, but then again, I, I do golf. Uh, now, the difference, I would say, between baseball and golf over the summer is th- those payouts on golf, while they're very hard to hit, I, I did, Stucky, have a uh, a JT Poston outright at about, I think it was 40 to 1, and that's, uh, that's a sweet payout. 100 bucks pays you 4 Gs, you know, boom, you know, you're cooking with gas. Shout out to uh, Aaron Fleener, one of my uh, very good friends who's his uh, Oh, yeah, daddy. Kentucky guy. Yeah, uh, he was supposed to, he would have normally came to the Barbasol, which is the week after, which posted almost one last year and he would have party with us and, and cleaner can party. And, uh, but they went right over to Europe and skipped the Barbasol after winning that, uh, onto bigger and better things. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. They made, they made a lot of cat. They made a lot of cash this year. Yeah. Huge, huge year for, uh, posting and, and Fleener. So I'm happy for them and happy for you as well. Yeah. I, I owe him a beer if we, I ever run into him. Okay. Let's, uh, you know, the way this works for people that are new to this is we, we pick three games or Stucky picks three games. And then I give my take on it. But I want to start. You live in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, Mark Stoops, Bob's brother, has turned that program into a consistent SEC. Like, I mean, I wouldn't call them a powerhouse, but they are a legitimate college football program, top 20-ish. And they're playing Florida 
this week. Now, Florida last week, it looks like they got Cam Newton 2.0. But, you know, one thing you're good at is always like, well, if this line a week ago, you know, how games impact the following week. Now, I don't know how that quite works in college, but when I saw that Kentucky is a six and a half point underdog at, and it is at Florida, I went, I wonder how much that line is influenced by what just happened because it looks like they have a Heisman Trophy winner. I know for me, that that's like my one of my favorite bets on the docket for Saturday is Kentucky plus six and a half. What say you? Yeah, I, I, coming into the year, I was a bit low on Kentucky. Um, and and Stoops done an incredible job. I think they've won double digit games twice in the past four years, uh, which they didn't do over the 20, 30 years ever yeah. before then combined. Um, the the kind of the staple of Kentucky, and they've recruited they've recruited way better than anyone would have expected. But the staple of that team over the past three to four years has been their offensive line known as the big blue wall. And they've, they lost a lot in that offensive line. Uh, Two guys, the NFL, a left tackle, I think is eventually going to make it onto an NFL roster who gave up one sack in 13 games last year. A lot of inexperience on that offensive line. And they looked poor last week um, against Miami, Ohio, a defense, a Mac defense that was completely rebuilding. And they also, Kentucky still doesn't have a star running back. Uh, available in Rodriguez. So there's, uh, you know, and they lost some NFL pieces on the defense. So I thought it was going to be a tougher year for Kentucky, who now also has to deal with expectations. So I'm curious to see how that happens because in the past it's Kentucky football, right? And they're, they're able to fly under the radar a bit. Now people in Lexington and there's some expectations that are starting to go along with winning double digit games twice in a four year span. The one good thing that I, so I'm worried about the Florida's defensive line. Um, has uh, is very talented and could cause them some trouble. The one thing I do like about the F- U- Kentucky defense is annually they were excellent at preventing explosive plays, which is what you have to do against Anthony Richardson. You have to contain him. You can't let him hit explosive plays. He's not going to be accurate on a down-to-down basis and then just beat you up and down the field. So you're going to have to contain him. I mean, his legs are his date, but you have to stop Remarkable. the explosive play, which what is what Kentucky excels at. The the value in the number is probably on Kentucky here, especially if it keeps going, if you can get a seven. Uh, so I would agree with you. After everyone saw what Richardson did after a big win over over Utah last week, but I'm not I'm not high. I'm, I have some concerns for Kentucky early on in the season. Okay, you, you, you're kind of making me pause a little bit because I just don't know that much about Kentucky. I just saw the the program, the value, and I think the overhype on Florida yeah. a little bit, even though they'll probably be, you know, this kid, who knows? I mean, maybe he takes this, you know, season by storm, wins the Heisman, they win 10, 11 games. You have the right, you have the right line the of thinking, though, for sure. Yeah. Well, you've taught me well. well so let's transition to the National Football League. And uh, <clears throat> let's start in Miami because I've talked as much shit and I'm sure a lot of people have, as anyone on Belichick and the offensive coordinator situation and Matt Patricia and me is an insanity, but he's still Bill Belichick and he still knows what he's doing and he can coach any position. And while Miami definitely recently, but it feels like historically, has always been a problem for the Patriots, um, New England went down there on Tuesday and Mike McDaniel has never called plays, ever. I mean, he he has been a huge influence on Kyle Shanahan, but he was never the play caller. And really, he was the run game coordinator. So now he's charged. If you talk to people, the 49ers like Debo and Kyle Juszczyk, like the, the guys getting the ball in their hands, they loved him. But it wasn't like Jimmy Garoppolo was working with him on a daily basis. Now he has to take care of Tua, who I'm not a big fan of. 
So from a value standpoint, I mean, it, it feels like New England, even though I'm not a big Patriot believer this season, but week one is the play getting three and a half points at Miami. How about you? Yeah, I would lean that way. I think it's Patriots or nothing. I actually like, and you have to be concerned about the play calling on both, but I, I actually would look at this over, over. I mean, it went from 45 is a key number. It's now 46. I still like it at 46, but I think that, both of these defenses should take a step back this year, especially early on for the Dolphins. You know, losing Brian Flores, we'll see what that does to the defense. But Byron Jones, their starting corner, is out. They were going to count on this kid, Trill Williams, year two. He's out for the year. You're going to throw Nick Needham in there, who's also hurt. Um, Igbignogane, who's struggled in the past. Like Their corner situation is rough. And if you look, the Dolphins' defense, and their offense should take a step forward. We'll see on the play calling on both sides with the Patriots and Dolphins. But get it, they have a lot of guys that just get the ball in space, which should work with Tua and this McDaniel offense in theory. And the Patriots also lost their best corner and some pieces up front. So I think their defense might take a step back. And it's reasonable to think that Mac Jones will take a step forward after what we saw in year one. But this Dolphins defense, I think, is just overrated in the market. If you look last year, here are their wins. They won nine games. Here are the quarterbacks they beat. Ian Book, Mike Glennon, Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco. Cam Newton, they beat Lamar Jackson on a Thursday, short rest game, brilliant defensive game plan. Mac Jones in his rookie debut, and then Mac Jones in the finale when the Patriots weren't playing for anything once the Bills won. That's it. So they they weren't exactly beating Aaron Rodgers. Beat beat third string quarterback. (laughs) And then in their eight losses, they gave up an average of 31 points per game, gave up at least 23 in all eight games, 30 in five of those eight. And that includes the Falcons, the Jaguars. So this defense, when they... We're facing a starting quarterback was not good. Now you don't have your starting corner in there. Um, and I think the Patriots defense could take a step back. So I think there's actually a little bit of value in this over, but I agree now that you're getting the hook with the Patriots. That's the only way you can look there. Okay. The reigning number one seed in the AFC, the Titans, who I think most people think are going to take a step back playing the giant, the giants who I would say universally, everyone would kind of agree. They suck. Uh, I, I know you, you're leaning away on this game. Fire. Yeah, I like the Giants a lot here. Um, it's scary, but look, the I think the Giants will be better. Their offensive line should be better, right? Their tackle situation is better. Uh, even though if you got Ben Breedison in there starting at left guard, they didn't have some offensive line injuries in the preseason. But last year they were their offense was just crushed by injuries. But the most important thing is they have competent coaching now on the sidelines. So from a play calling perspective, from a fourth down decision making perspective. And just from a, hey, we're not going to quarterback sneak the ball on third and eight or whatever they did last year. Um, So I I think from that standpoint, they're going to be a lot better. They'll look like more of a competent football team from a decision-making standpoint. Should have some, Dable should have some new looks uh, for Daniel Jones as well that Tennessee hasn't seen. I'm sure they're going to use him more on RPO, but just a lot more early down passing. And I think with Wink Martindale now coming in as defensive coordinator, he's going to blitz a lot. They need that. They need to create pressure. And this is a, a Tennessee team that I think is going to take an enormous step back. I mean, you're you're trying to replace A.J. Brown with – you need a rookie to step up who hasn't looked good in camp in Traylon Burks. The offensive line has questions. The defense now lost their sack leader for the year and Howard Landry, Landry for the yeah. year. And I don't think – you know, when you look at the Giants' primary weaknesses, it's the offensive line still. Like the receivers look like they might be healthy. But Tennessee, not going to – kill you with pressure and they just lost Landry and the Giants second corner situation is really bad and that's going to hurt them a lot this year they're, they're, I, 
They haven't gone. Aaron Robinson, I think, is their projected starting number two. The Tennessee receivers, if you look at them, there's one team you want to play with some questions at secondary. It's this Tennessee offense. So I think the Giants, and look, catching five and a half, six in an NFL game with a really low total historically has been a very good bet. Points will be at a premium in this game. Daniel Jones, for whatever it's worth, you don't bet him at home. You bet him on the road. This is a pretty <laughs> pretty wild stat. He's 11-4 and four against the spread on the road. He's, when he has under, uh, as an underdog of seven and a half points or fewer on the road, he's 9-0 and oh against the spread. He will, wow. he will keep, he's not going to wow you. He's may, might not be starting by the end of the year, but he, uh, this Giants team has been feisty on the road, even with poor coaching. So, yeah, I think this ends up being the field goal game. My, my only question on that one, because uh, I'm with you on the Titans taking a little step, like this might be a transition year for them, is that did you see Brian Dable say he's not even going to call plays? Like, I, I hate it when he got hired to call plays yep. and now he's not calling plays. Now, like, his influence on the offense, not like he's just like twiddling his thumbs. I mean, he's going to be a huge play designer. Uh, but the, say one thing for, uh, I almost called him New England, but Tennessee and Vrabel, I mean, their GM's a New England guy, is they do have cohesion on the coaching staff and Vrabel's proven to be pretty damn good. And I think, you know, every time you kind of want to discount them, and I know I have, you know, I, I think we all agree they're not going to be the one seed. It's like they, they're kind of better than you think. They're yep. just kind of been one of those operations. No, I agree. Vrabel, but, Vrabel's uh, one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. They consistently overperform. The only team in the NFL that has gone over their win total in five straight years. And they've been, but they're you, historically. You like, them, you, like them under, you like them under this yeah, year? I bet, I, them, I bet them under this year and under nine and a half. But historically, even Vrabel, very good as an underdog. Very, very strong as a favorite. Not that strong. This is when this is when you fade the Titans. You generally as a favorite. Um, I think this ends up being a close game. Scary, but welcome to NFL betting. Well, I think I think we're in agreement on this last one because this is a number that just leaped out to me. I think the Houston Texans. I don't think by any means they're probably a, a playoff team, but I, I would imagine they are much improved, and they're going to be pretty feisty. And feisty might mean six, seven wins. But seven, seven and a half points, depending on what it goes off at on Sunday, to me feels like the bet of the weekend at home against Indy. I've been thinking a lot about this, Stucky. Are we sure Frank Reich is a good coach? You know, he gets a lot of hype, you know, just because he's been a part of the Super Bowl team as an offensive coordinator. Indy last year, I mean, that was pretty embarrassing. Seems like a great guy, so everyone roots for him. But like... Is he, I mean, we, we know who the good offensive coaches are in the NFL, and it feels like he kind of gets lumped in there every once in a while. It's like, no, let's pump the brakes on that one. I'm not sure. And here's the other thing on Matt Ryan. When's the last time Matt Ryan played in a big fucking game? I mean, it sure feels like it's been a while. Now, I'm not saying this is necessarily, quote unquote, a big game, but this is a big season for the Colts. <laughs> and it's like, are, are we sure Matt Ryan's good? Because the one thing when they got Phillip Rivers, like his team had been really close to the playoffs and been, they had fallen short, but like Rivers had been playing in big games. Like I, Matt Ryan just, the Falcons have been terrible. So now that you get all these hype, like, oh, Matt Ryan's back, Matt Ryan's back. Like, we'll see. I, I'm not necessarily a believer, uh, but I, I'm not saying the Colts are going to stink, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm picking them to win the division, but I don't feel great about it. Part of it is just the division stinks. Yeah. But I, I, I think we're in agreement here. Houston plus seven and a half, but fire some numbers that make me feel good about it. Yeah, the I mean, home home division dogs in week one historically, especially teams that people think are going to be bad. This is 
usually a great Wasn't that the Jags the and the Colts two years ago yeah. when they beat Phillip Rivers? Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, and, and the Colts, for whatever reason, they're like start slow every year. They're 0-4 in week one, and they've been favored in some of yeah. them. They're 0-3-1 against the spread. They'll start 0-2, 0-3. Divisional home dogs of more than seven are 10-2 and two against the spread since 2003, covering by six points per game. Seven of the 12 have won. It's rare to see, but they're 10-2 against the spread. Divisional home dogs in week one overall – since 2009, 19-5 against the spread, just under 80%. They have won 15 of those 24 games. Uh, so, and just divisional dogs in week one, home or road, 60% over the past 25 years. This is when you bet them. You're obviously at a key number two of seven. The Colts receivers are not going to wow you, which is important against the Texans, who will have two rookies in that secondary contributing um, so yeah, I don't think it's a terrible matchup. It's home divisional dog catches seven or more. Um, in week one is almost always a look for me. I think the Colts are getting a little bit too much love. Their best defensive player in Leonard might not play, trending towards potentially not, which is important as well. So yeah, I think that the Texans keep this close and probably have a good shot of pulling off the upset and then they'll fade into the oblivion the rest of the year. If you were going to go with one of those three games we just talked about as a money line underdog winner, what team would you go with? I'd probably go with the Giants. And then I think you also have to look at the one game that we didn't talk about was that, that I like is the Steelers. I'm waiting to see if a seven pops, but the six and a half I still like. You want some trends for a play. I mean, for whatever reason, I don't really put any stock in this, but the Super Bowl loser, like the Super Bowl winner is always good in week one. Uh, the Super Bowl loser is four and 18 against the spread since 2000 in their se- season opener. But the Steelers are an underdog, and and look, this is a, you love Tom. Yeah, and this dog. is a divisional dog, by the way. Um, in Week One, fits that profile as well. But the Steelers are 47, 26, and three as an underdog under Tom, and that is the best by far. That's sixty four point four percent. And in the division against AFC North teams, Tomlin nineteen six and two against the spread, seventy six percent. Tomlin is not the best X's and O's guy. What he is is probably the best motivator. Let's. I'm going to get you. He's in the in the locker room. We're playing the AFC champion that that beat the shit out of us twice last year. <laughs> Week one, we're going to go out on the road and like. Look, I like what the Bengals did in the offseason. <clears throat> Excuse me. Love what the Bengals did in the offseason, upgrading their offensive line, and I think that'll pay off towards the end of the year. But there's four new guys up there. Week one, not a lot of continuity going against a ferocious defensive front that could give them. Some problems you could see. I mean, it's a very confusing front. Could see some blown assignments here. And look, the I'm not a fan of Mitch Trubisky at all, um, but he has legs, and that the Steelers' offensive line is bad. So that aspect of Trubisky will help this offense. You also have some new looks with this offense that you just didn't have last year with a quarterback who was a statue in Roethlisberger who just couldn't had move. to stand there and yeah. couldn't move. So you'll have some new looks here. Low scoring game, like total is f- low 40s, catching over six. Wait to see. I'm going to see if I can get a seven. But yeah, Tomlin is a dog uh, in the division. Uh, just his, almost an auto bet. Got stuck. You fired me up on all these underdogs. Uh, <clears throat> enjoy the weekend. Have, have a safe flight back. And let's, uh, let's make some freaking money. Absolutely. Good luck this weekend, everyone.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.